God, as we go to your word this morning, I thank you for you. I give myself to you, God. We submit ourselves to you so you can be, we can be used by you. We've been interacting with Jacob for quite some time, at least the past two weeks, Lord. And here we are again to look at this passage. The Holy Spirit, open our hearts to hear, open our hearts to receive, open our hearts to be in tune. So God, speak to me, through me, bring to remembrance the things that have been deposited, Lord, as we go to your word. We want to be your people. We want to be different. We want to be come like you. We want to be molded into your image and into your likeness. So we die so you can take residence on the throne of our life. We bless you, Lord. We give this to you. Open our hearts to receive and to hear what you're saying. In your name we pray and thank you. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Come on, give God a hand. Praise. Amen. Bless you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Thank you. Amen. Bless you. Bless you. Amen. Mikey, good to see you, man. Good to come on, y'all. Show Mikey's back with us. Glad to see you. Glad to see God brought you back safe in our midst. So we thank God for that. Amen. Hey, um, we've been talking about Joseph Jacob for quite some time, and um, today I am in chapter twenty-nine. I'm going to narrate chapter twenty-nine. And chapter 30, and then um, we'll do a little bit of reading in chapter 31, and then I'm going to share um, the beginning of chapter 32, and then next week we're going to summarize this whole thing to talk through what God would have us to say. And the thing that I, I've been trying to get us to understand and as we kind of walk through this text is that all of us in here must get to the place where we understand that before God uses us greatly, there's a breaking that must take place. We must go through a process where God removes from within us those character traits that are unlike him so he can mold us into his likeness and into his image. And, and a lot of us, I've been saying this all throughout the series, we want to get to that wrestling match in chapter 32, but we don't appreciate the process that Jacob had to go through so he can endure what he had to endure in chapter 32. And when we look at the text, um, chapter 29 opens up today where Jacob now is on the run. And he is on the run because he had just done some crazy stuff that we're going to review in a little while. And his mother now was sending him to the house of her brother by the name of Laban. And so in chapter 29, if you look at chapter 29, you see Jacob now has traveled the 400 plus miles from where his mother lived to where his brother now lives in Haran. And as the story picks up in chapter 29, Jacob finally makes it to Haran. And when he gets to Haran, he encounters some shepherds who are about to, to, to feed or to, to water their sheep at a well. And he asked them, he said, um, where are you guys from? They say we're from Haran. He asked them if they know his uncle Laban. They mentioned that they do know Laban. And one of the shepherds said to him, matter of fact, if you look over there, you'll see his daughter Rachel coming to water um, daddy's sheep at the well. He looks over and he peeps Rachel out and she's something to look at. Yeah, yeah, he, he <clears throat> yeah, he, 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 he's like, dang. Yeah, amen. If, if, if he was any human, something might have slipped out his mouth, you know. <laughs> Because she looks so attractive and she looks so beautiful. It just really caught his attention. So he introduces himself to her. Um, he helps them water the sheep. 
she ends up going to her dad and telling her dad that I just encountered my cousin or your mother, your sister's uh, son who was here with us. Daddy invites him to his house. The story says he stays for an entire month with dad while he's working for dad the whole time. And I, I think the story's trying to communicate that, that the whole time he's working for dad, he's peeping out daddy's daughter. <laughs> yes, he is. Yes, he is. And so dad says, hey, man, it's not, it's not right for you to work for me for nothing. What should I give you in return for this work that you're doing? And the first thing out of his mouth, your daughter. <laughs> first thing out of his mouth. And he says, I'm going to work seven years if you give me the youngest daughter. And when you read the narrative, the, tar- the narrative says that, that Laban had two daughters, one by the name of Leah. And the text Leah says that Leah was weak-eyed, meaning that she was not the most um, bright person on the block, if I could use that term. Or she, let me just, these are my terms, homely, not the strongest leader, but when the text speaks of Rachel, it says she had a body that won't quit. It, it's in there. It's, yeah, it is. It's, it's in there. It does. I mean, he says, I swear, he's like, dang. Yeah. You know, it says she was beautiful and she was shapely. You know what I mean? It, it says that. And, and that thing, matter of fact, the author says that, 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 that Jacob was so infatuated by Rachel that those seven years went by like it was one day. <laughs> now, what's striking to me about the text when you read that story is that when the seventh year come, here's Jacob. He goes to Laban and he says to Laban, give me my wife so I could lie with her. The text says that. And uh, can, we, can we bring this down? This seems a little loud to me. Is that loud to you all? Yeah, it's, it's loud to me up here. Yeah, can we, can we manage that a little better? Amen. Um, give me my wife so I could, could lie with her. And the story says that, remember with me, I said to you all for the past couple of weeks, there was issues in the family. So Laban now had the same problem that his sister had in that they were manipulators and enablers in the household. Come on, you got to read this story. It's some good stuff. It's some good stuff. So, so Jacob worked seven years, and the wedding night, I don't know how this worked, the party got so thick. I mean, that, 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 that this joker ended up marrying Leah, which is the not-so-good sister, <laughs> as opposed to the one he worked for, and he didn't find out who he married until he woke up that morning. Now, y'all laughing, but if I'm Jacob, and I don't work seven years for somebody I've been lusting over for seven years... And I woke up and it's the wrong somebody in the bed. There's a whole lot of dead people, amen? <laughs> a whole, 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 whole lot of a whole lot of stuff going on. So, so, so Laban tricks him and Laban manipulates him. And, and then here's how he justifies it, right? Um, it's not our custom to give the youngest daughter before we give the oldest daughter. So he says, I'll tell you what we do. We can fix this. We can fix this. Just finish out your week, um, which is the marriage week, the celebration. And always get drunk some more. And I'm going to give you my youngest daughter, but that's going to cost you seven more years. I don't know. When I said girl was fine, y'all not hearing me. That brother says, I work 21 more (laughs) if I can have her. And so he works these seven more years, and he ends up with this wife. 
and, and he gives them the wife. And with each woman that he gets, there's a maid servant that's associated with the wife. There's this, uh, he gets Leah. He ends up with this uh, maidservant by the name of Zilpah. He gets Rachel. He ends up with a maidservant by the name of Bilbah. And the reason I'm telling you this is uh, Rachel initially was barren. Leah was fertile. And Jacob ends up sleeping with these wives and these maidservants. And over a course of time, he ends up with the 12, 12 boys that we know of as the 12 tribes of what? Yeah, there you go. That's why I'm telling you. This is important information. Now, 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 it's a soap opera how those boys came about. Y'all got to read that stuff. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Yeah, that's all my children. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, it's like, let me just give you the short version, right? He marries Rachel, but he's in, I mean, Leah and Rachel, but he's in love with Rachel, but she can't have children. So he goes in and he makes love to, to Leah, which he's not really happy about. She produces like a rabbit, um, and, <laughs> excuse the phrase, and, 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 and Rachel gets jealous, but here's how Jacob's best. Well, if I can't produce, you can have my maidservant. Does that sound familiar? Yeah. Ah, there you go, yeah. And, and, and they're swapping their maidservant. This is just a trip. You got to read that stuff. Read it when you go home. So as the story continues, and I need to give this data to get to where I'm going to go, chapter 30 picks up. And now he, Rachel finally gives birth to this boy by the name of Joseph. Come on, say Joseph. Y'all know Joseph quite well. He goes to Laban and he says, Laban, listen, I've served my time. Give me my wife and my kids, my wives and my kids. He had four by then, and I'm going to leave. Laban tricks him again. Laban manipulates him, and Laban says to him, well, give me six more years. Crazy stuff. He works for six more years, but during the course of those six years, God blesses Laban and Jacob tremendously because of the, the, the hand that God had on Jacob's life, okay? So chapter 30 speaks about how he multiplied in camels and he multiplied in sheep, he multiplied in goats, he multiplied in ewes. Matter of fact, he went to Laban with nothing but his staff in his hand, but by this time, he had grown just multiple of, of animals and kids, and his household was growing by then. So now, Laban sees the favor of God on Jacob's life, and he starts to get jealous. Okay? Now, this is where the story picks up, because I want you to start to see something. Now, God starts to intervene, and God now is about to send Jacob back home. Now repeat after me. Every now and then, there comes a time when you must go home. Yeah, yeah, one more time. So every now and then, there comes a time when you must go home. Now let me say it like this. There's a season where God will grace you and I, if he has his hand on your life, in the far country. And there's a season... Well, God, where God will say to you, enough is enough, it's time to go back home. Oh, come on, I want you all to hear me say that because, that, let, me, let, me, let me help you with this. There was a time when being out felt good. And then there came a point in time where being out didn't feel so good no more because God started to say, it's time to come home. Are you with me? 
And, and when, it, when it comes time to go home, God has a way of reminding us of whose we are, our purpose, and our destiny to get us to come back to that place and that relationship with him. So if you look with me at Genesis chapter 31, go to 31. I want to begin reading. I'm going to read. Um, bear with me as I read a few verses because I need to point some things out as we kind of walk through this. Will not be before you long this morning. If you're in chapter 31 of the book of Genesis, say amen. Okay. Now look with me at, um, go to verse 1. Let me read verse 1, then we're going to walk through this. And I'm reading from the ESV. I'll just explain as we go. Now Jacob heard that the sons of Laban were saying, Jacob had taken all that was our father's, and from what was our father's, he had gained all this wealth. Verse 2 of chapter 31 says, And Jacob saw that Laban did not regard him with favor as before. You, saw, you see the relationship deteriorating. Look at verse 3. Then the Lord said to Jacob, Return to the land of your fathers and to your kindred, and I will be with you. Now that's an important phrase. I, I need to stress that phrase and I need to amplify that phrase because in the trip back home, if, if God, well, since God has his hand on our life, my problem and your problem is a lot of us don't believe that God is with us. That's, that's Jacob's story. He didn't believe. He didn't believe God was with him, right? Jump down to verse 11. Jump down, down to verse 11. Here is Jacob talking again. He's talking to his wives, verse 4 all the way through, talking about how God blessed him, how God had been with him, and now he tells his wife of a dream. Look at 11. Then the angel of God said to me in a dream, Jacob, and I said, here I am. And he said, lift up your eyes and see all the goats that mate with the flocks that are striped, spotted, and molted. For I have seen all that Laban is doing to you. I am the God of, what's that word? Bethel where you anointed a pillar and made a vow to be. Y'all remember this. I'll go back to that in a little while. He says, now arise and go from this land and return to your what? I'm going to explain all that. Look at verse 16. All the wealth that God had taken away from our fathers belonged to us and our children. This is his wife talk, talking. Now then, whatever God says to you, do. This is Rachel and Leah speaking to, to their husband saying, if God said it, let's go do it. Look at verse 20. Look at verse 20. I need you to see this real quick. And Jacob did what? Jacob did what? Jacob did what? Trick. Very, very important. He tricked Laban the Aramean by not telling him what he intended to do. And he fled with all that he had and arose and crossed the Euphrates and set his face toward the hill country of Gilead. Let me tell you what's happening here. He decides that I'm going to go back. But since this guy wronged me for 20 years, I got his number. Okay? Now, he forgot the truth, and I'm going to say this over and over again, that he had just received a refreshing word from the Lord, and the Lord said with him, I've got you. But he's still manipulating and shucking and jiving and tricking and doing his old stuff, even though God said to him, I've got you. Are you with me? So he tricks Laban, he tricks Laban, and look at verse 22. When, when it was told Laban on the third day 
that Jacob had fled, he took his kinsman with him and pursued him for seven days and followed close after him into the hill country of Gilead. Now watch 24. But God came to Laban the Aramean in a dream by night and said to him, Be careful not to say anything to Jacob, either good or bad. Turn to your neighbor and say, Neighbor, when God's got me, God will cover me. Come on, tell the other neighbor. Say, other neighbor. Since God's got me, God will cover me. Okay, so now Laban sets out. This is going to make sense in a little while. He sets out to pursue Jacob. He, he catches up with Jacob, and he has every right because in his mind, you took my daughters, you took my grandchildren, you took my sheep, you took my camel, you took all my stuff, and you're going to set off and run. So I have every right to do wrong to you. Now watch what he says here in verse 25. This is Laban talking. It is in my power to do you harm, but the God of your father spoke to me last night saying, be careful not to say anything to Jacob, either good or bad. Church, this is free. The person you're most faithful, fearful of, the post person you're most fearful of, if you are in the will of God, God has already spoken to them about what not to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to get this. 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 Because a whole lot of us are living in fear unnecessarily when if God says to you, it's time to come home and you are on your way home, I'm standing before you to say to you, God's got you. You got to hear me. Don't worry about Shaniqua and them and, and Bubba and them. And you, you don't have to worry about that. God's already spoken I, I know somebody in here know what I'm talking about. And, and, and if you don't hear God, we could potentially be fighting an unnecessary battle. Y'all don't believe me yet. So, 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 verse 30 happens. Verse 30, all that stuff goes on. Him and Laban meet up. They get into this fight. Look at 38. Here's, here's Jacob going off on Laban. 20 years I've been with you. Your ewes, your female goats have not miscarried. He's laying his case. I have not eaten the rams of your flock. What was torn by wild beasts I did not bring to you. I bore the loss of it myself from my hand. You required it, um, whether it was stolen by day or by night. There I was by the day, by day the heat consumed me and the cold by night and, my sl and sleep fled from my eyes. 41. For 20 years I've been in your house. I served you 14 for your two daughters. I didn't mind the last seven. Yeah. <laughs> Six years for your flocks. You have changed my wages 10 times. And don't miss 42. I like 42. If the God of my father, the God of Abraham, and the God and the fear of Isaac had not been on my side, don't miss this. Surely now you would have sent me away empty-handed, but God saw my affliction and the labor of my hand, and he rebuked you last night. Now, I read that to say this. This joker knew what God was doing, hear me out, even though he didn't know God. 
I'll let that permeate for a while. He had sense enough to know what God was doing, even though he didn't know God. Are you hearing me this morning? I think if, uh, if, if we're like Jacob, where we a lot of us know what God is doing, but we refuse to serve him. I wish I had somebody in here. So, so he's using now God's word against Laban to say, the reason you can't touch me, because God told you not to touch me. But he's still not learning the lesson. And I need to drive that home more and more and more. Now, let me finish this up. 43 happens. They go through all what they need to go through. Him and Laban made a peace. They erect this thing between the two of them to say, don't cross this line to come towards me, and I won't cross that line to go towards you. And it didn't matter what they erected or not. God had already released the word that you can't touch him even though, he, I would, even though you want, okay? So, so they part companies. Jacob now continues his journey back to his home. Laban goes back to Paran Hadan. Now, here is where the story picks up and where I want to share my one thing with you, and then we're going to pray and go home. Remember with me, when Jacob left home, it was not the best situation. You guys remember this, right? When he left home, he, he left in a hurry. He didn't have time to pack nothing. Mama said, you better leave because you just manipulated um, your daddy Isaac to give you Esau's birthright, and Esau is waiting for your daddy to die, and the moment your daddy dies, Esau is going to set out like a bat out of hell, and he's going to stop at nothing until he kills you. Y'all remember that, right? Now, you also remember with me that, that before he left home, his birth defect was that he had manipulative ways about himself, and his mama was an enabler, and God needed to deal with all of that before he made it back home. Are you with me? You would have think that when he was out in Laban's country and in Laban's home, he would have dealt with his situation and his circumstance, but he used his manipulative ways, and he got reprimanded by God by Laban using manipulative ways against him in the far country, but now it's time to come home, and God has not finished his work yet. Listen to me. Anybody in here know that on the way home, you'll remember this with me. When, 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 when Esau was born, I think it was the, the opening chapter, 25, the author put a comment in there. That is why Esau was written here, he says, that is why his name was called Edom. Now, here's what you need to know about that now that you didn't know back then. Edom was going to be a country, an entire nation, that would be birthed out of Esau that hadn't happened yet. The boys had grown up. Jacob left home. Esau left home. And Esau gave birth to his nation. The problem with Esau's nation is he set it up on the road on the way back to Canaan. 
So there was no way for Jacob to get back home without having to encounter. I wish I had. Yeah, yeah. This joker was set to get even with his brother. Are you guys tracking with me? So now watch verse 1. So Jacob went on his way, and I like this, I like this, I like this, I like this. And the angels of God met who? You guys see the, 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 merit, the, the numerous of repetition. He goes on his way. God is with him. God says, I am with you. Verse 1 of chapter 32 opens up. And the angel of God met him. And look at what verse 2 says. When Jacob saw them, here's what he said. This is whose camp? This is whose camp? So he called the name of that place Mahanaim. And verse 3. Now watch verse 3. So now he knows that I've got to pass through Seir or Edom to get home. So watch what Jacob does. He sent messengers before him to Esau, his brother, in the land of Seir, the country of Edom. Verse 4, instructing them, thus you shall say to my lord Esau, thus says your servant Jacob, I have sojourned from Laban and stayed until now. I have oxen, donkeys, flocks, male servants, female servants. I have sent to tell my Lord in order that I may find favor in his sight. Okay? Now let me tell you what's happening before I read the rest of the verse. You got to hear this. Dang. I got to go home. Dang. My mama sent me away because she know Esau was going to kill me. Dang. Esau built a nation and they're on the way home. So, Verse 1 says, read it, read it. He went on his way, and the angel of God met him. Oh, you got to get this. He's walking home, and, and, and Padan is there, and, 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 and Edom is where Pastor Katani is. And he's walking, he says, and, and God shows up while he's walking. Oh, you got to get this. God shows up while he's walking, and the angel shows up, and he says, man... God, God's got me. God's here. But after he says this, watch what he said. I know God is here, but Esau's there. <laughs> and, and, and I'm saying this parenthetically because had he known that God was here, he would not have been concerned about Esau. Be, yeah, 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 yeah. That's why I said he's seen God's stuff, but he really didn't know God. So here's what he's doing. He now begins to manipulate the situation so that when he gets there, everything's going to be all right because Jacob tried to fix it the way Jacob knows how, yeah, to fix it. And the whole time, God is trying to say to Jacob, Jacob, this is not about you fixing this. You're going to appreciate this next week. Let me handle it. And Jacob the whole time is saying, yeah, I hear you, but I know what to do. Come on, church. That's why we find ourselves in the messes that we're in. Because we hear him, but we know what to do because we don't trust him to do what he know what to do. So we feel we ought to help him out and do it for him. Are you hearing me? So he sends, he sends some spies out to check out what's happening and watch what the text says. 
Look at what happened when you try to fix it. Verse 6, the messengers returned to Jacob saying, we came to your brother Esau. Man, he's coming to meet you. He on his way, bro. And he rolling 400 deep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, 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 he ain't coming with just two. Yeah, he, he, you should, man, them cars, they 400 deep. Are, are you hearing me? So, so, so imagine now, imagine now, if, if, if you had been manipulating your brother all their life, and it was just one of him that was mad with you. And, and now he's bringing, yeah, 400 that's mad with you. That would change everything about you, wouldn't it? At least for me it would. It, it, for me it would. So, so, so watch this now. I like this because look at, look at verse 7. Then Jacob was greatly afraid, afraid and distressed. And I wanted to say, well, duh. <laughs> I'd have been afraid and distressed too. 400 deep? Come on now. And it's just me and my four women and my 11 kids. And a whole bunch of animals that can't fight for me. <laughs> I've got a problem. Now, look at verse 7. Then Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed. And look at what he starts to do. Watch this again. He divided the people who were with him, the flocks and the herds and animals, into two camps thinking if Esau comes to one camp and attacks it, then the camp that is left will escape. Here's what we're going to do, God. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to take my black book. I'm going to tear it in half. I'm going to give you the first half. And if, if I see you don't do nothing there, at least I got four more names I can call when the rents do. Come on. Let me help y'all. Okay, God. I got three boyfriends. And I know you're saying, trust me, I'm going to give you one and a half. <laughs> but I really like James because he keeps the cable on. And <laughs> And so in case you don't do that, at least I know I'm going to have some TV to watch. Now, now, now don't, I know I'm making light of this, but isn't that how we approach God? We, we pray, but we've always got a plan B. I wish I had somebody in here just in case God doesn't show up the way we think he ought to show up. We don't lay it all on the table. We just come, I'm just going to give you this, but I'm going to hang on to that in case you don't do what you're supposed to do. I've got a plan, and I've got a way. Listen to me, church. God don't need your plans, and he doesn't need your ways. He's got all by himself. And he's trying to get us to learn that so we can trust him differently. Are you hearing me this morning? Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, God doesn't need your plans. Come on, tell him again. Say, God doesn't need your plans. Look how stupid this joker is. Verse 7, he, he has one family. He divides them into two camps. And decide, I'm going to send one ahead, so when that one gets in trouble, I'm going to jet this way. He made up the two. And look how dumb he is. 
He's going to go to God in prayer. I'm going to read this in a little while. And say, God, I got two. As if God didn't know he only had. Watch this. Then Jacob said, he's praying now. Oh, God, of my father Abraham and of my father Isaac. Oh, Lord, who said to me, I'm going to obligate you to your word. Return to your country and to your kindred that I may do good. I am not worthy of the least of all the deeds of steadfast love and of all the faithfulness that you have shown to your servant. Now watch what he says. For with only my staff I crossed the Jordan. Now I have become two camps. <laughs> Please deliver me from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau, for I fear him that he may come and attack me, the mothers with the children. Look at verse 12. But you said, God, I will surely do you good and make your offerings as the sand of the sea, which cannot be numbered for multitude. He's in trouble, and he prays. I'm almost done. He's in trouble, and he prays. Best thing you can do when you're in trouble is pray. But grandma and them said it this way. Take your burdens to the Lord. Yeah, y'all know it. Leave it there. Don't pray and then tell God what you're going to do. Right? Pray and sit still. Because I want you all to hear me say it. I'm almost at my one thing. Because when we pray and tell God what we're going to do, God will set you up to be broken. Verse 13. So he stayed there that night. And from what he had with him, he took a present for his brother. See how he manipulating again? 200 female goats. 20 male goats, 200 ewes and 20 rams, 30 milking camels and their calves, 40 cows and 10 bulls, 20 female donkeys, 10 male donkeys. These he handed to one servant. Every drove by itself. And he said to the servant, you go ahead on, hear me? <laughs> and he says, and, and pass on ahead of me and allow enough space between drove and drove. Look at verse 17. He instructed the first, when Esau, my brother, meets you and he asks, to whom do you belong and where are you going? And whose are these ahead of you? Then you shall say, they belong to your servant Jacob. They are, they are a present sent to my Lord Esau. And moreover, he's down the road and he's coming. Look at 19. And he instructed the second and the third and all who followed the droves. You shall say the same thing to Esau when he finds you. You shall say, moreover, your servant Jacob is behind us, for he thought I may appease him. For he thought, for he thought, Jacob thought, for he thought I may appease him with the presence that goes ahead of me, 
and afterward I shall face him, and perhaps he will accept me. Verse 21, so he passed on ahead of him, but he himself stayed that night in where? Let me say this, guys. Let me, I want to read this. Here's a dominant reason for God continually breaking us. When God continually manifests himself to us and he consistently reaffirms his love over our life and we continue to work in our own flesh as opposed to completely trusting God, be prepared for a wrestling match with God. Say it this way, because I'm done. Because if, if you look at your Bible, verse 22 picks up. And 22 is where we're going to close this thing out, where God had Jacob in a headlock. When God continually manifests himself to you and to me, and we know that he is God, and he says, come home. I need to begin a new work in you. And if on the journey home, or even when we make it home, we continue to ignore the hand of God in our lives, and we continue to do us because we know how to do it, God is going to get to the place where he says, enough is enough, and he's going to engage you and he's going to engage me in a wrestling match. And I'm here to tell you, I am guaranteeing you, God is going to win. <laughs> Are you hearing me? That's where brokenness comes in. Personal story. My Damascus Road experience with God, or my wrestling match with God, began when I was the most stubborn in my walk with God. Paul's transformation from Saul to Paul was on the road to Damascus when he was the most stubborn with God. And I'm going to say this next week. Don't take lightly the crises that we find ourselves in when we know God. God has a way where he will disrupt your life to get you to listen to him. I need you to hear me. I need you to hear me. He will disrupt your life to get us to listen to him because we continually ignore the signs of the presence of God in our life. And I am here to release a word of caution over you. If you hear his voice, harden not your heart. Because when God gets done with you, I'm guaranteeing you, you're going to lead with a limp. Because he's going to remind you never to do that again. Are you hearing me? And we're going to see this next week. So I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I told my wife this morning in my office, man, I'm learning to look for spiritual markers. I'm going to tell you what that is. When God speaks, I'm learning to listen. And the B side of that, I'm learning to shut up and let him work it out. Not me fix it for him. 
The reason we're broken is so we can get to the place so the blessing can flow out. And God will remove from you, he will remove from me everything that's not like him so he can use us completely for his glory and for his honor. Jacob had a birth defect. You think he would have dealt with it when he went to Laban's house. Family's iniquitous cycle continue. He's on his way home, and he's still manipulating stuff. God said, enough is enough. And the only reason God says that is because he loves you, he loves me, and he wants to use us for his glory. Now, I am growing to the place where I can appreciate the disruptions in life because when they happen, it says, oh, God, you remembered me. And I must have been messing up, so you're reminding me how to get it right. It puts it in perspective. It puts it in perspective. Before he uses us greatly, he causes us to be hurt deeply. Here's the thing. What is your birth defect? What is the thing that you're continually hanging on to? That when you take things to the Lord in prayer, pray, all right, God, you got that part? Here's what I'm going to do. <laughs> and he's saying, no, 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 let me handle it. And I will take it from there. So here, here's how I, I want to pray this morning. I just need Elsie to come as, and just the band. And then we're going to work this out. I need you to, to perform introspection. And what that means is don't think about the wife. Don't think about the husband. Don't think about the employer. Don't think about the neighbor. Don't think about any person external to you. Think on you. God, what are you saying to me? God, what are you trying to reveal in me? God, what do you want me to do as a result? Because here's what will never happen. God's going to never get in a wrestling match with your spouse and say to your spouse, this cause of that knuckle-headed husband of yours. And then beat you up because of your husband or your wife. He's going to always come to you, and he's going to always come to me. So, God, what is it about me you're trying to reveal? Bow your heads. Introspectively. We give ourselves away. And we just take that to God. And allow God just to be God in your life. Holy Spirit, move in this place, Lord. We bless you, we worship you, we adore you. Next week we're going to look at this text and see the details of this match. But we have context now. So speak, Lord. Give ourselves away, God, to you. Deal with all the manipulative tactics in me 
all the enabling ways in me, in each and every one of us, God. And then, Lord, if there's one here that has not said yes to you as Lord and Savior, draw them to a relationship with you, God, that you may be glorified in that. Permeate our hearts. Move in this place mightily, God, as only you can do. So we give it to you, God. In your name we pray. Come on, stand to your feet.